So we'll just give an overview of the report. I'm Chris Pearson. I'm the chair of the National Catholic Safeguarding Commission. I'm the lay independent chair. Um, I'm Colette Limbrick, director of the Catholic Safeguarding Advisory Service. So I'll just give a, a, a brief overview, which is in the introduction of the annual report, which is compiled every year by the NCSC, and this year centres upon 2018. To start off, I just want to re-emphasise that survivors and victims are at the heart of what we do in safeguarding within the Catholic Church. And that's why we asked the Survivors Advisory Panel, which we set up about three years ago, who influence and inform the work we do in safeguarding as a national commission. And it is they who came forward with the idea and theme, which we have each, each year, and this year's theme is supporting. And that's what survivors want to put across, and victims, around how they are supported and the response that will be expected from those within the Catholic Church at all levels. We have changed the format of the report this year to reduce the amount of narrative because the level of analytical data in previous reports in fact wasn't analytical, it was just showing figures. So we want, we've decided to separate the report into two parts. At this time, this is more around the narrative. There is some, some brief data, but the analytical reporting of data will be in a separate report later on this year. I suppose one of the key messages I want to put across is that safeguarding is there to protect people, whether they are children, young people, or adults at risk. And within that, it's not seen and should not be seen as an add-on within the Catholic Church. It has to be intrinsic to the Catholic Church. In other words, the very fabric of, of what it is we do. And based within that on the gospel values that the Church advocates. And we've seen in the last, well, over a number of years with emerging issues raised in ICSA of the awful crimes that have been committed and what has happened in the past in terms of raising issues that have been not raised when they should have been. And the Catholic Church has to accept that in its totality and aim towards, which is what we are trying to do in safeguarding, to make the safeguarding open and transparent and there is accountability in terms of leadership at all levels in the Catholic Church in England and Wales. At the same time, too often safeguarding is seen as something that should be feared, something that causes harm to people, which it does, but it's not the full picture. Safeguarding is about, yes, keeping people safe, but it's also about positively promoting and celebrating that which is done well. And I think this report builds upon last year's report of significant work that we have done, not just within the NCSC, but across safeguarding in the Catholic Church at both diocesan and community level, as well as within religious congregations. And it is important to celebrate that which we've done well. 
but it is a balance at the same time of making sure that we're vigilant to make sure that children and young people and adults are protected from harm with a one church approach of being able to do that. And that one church approach is about doing this together. That we don't have, as we've seen through some of the ICSA evidence, of people doing their own thing, which, which is damning in terms of the outcomes for survivors and victims. So I think that generally touches on most of the area I wanted to concentrate on. We do have developments in place, which the report sets out, which is around safe spaces, which is the joint venture between ourselves and the Church of England, which is around putting together a safeguarding hub of contact for people, as well as developing at a more local level ways of engaging with survivors and victims. And that work has taken some time to put in place. We're now at the tendering stage, at the final tendering stage. And it's taken quite some time because of some of the contractual issues became pretty complex and I'm certainly not well informed in terms of contracts, but the more you get into it, the more complex it gets. So we've had to engage a range of people who have that experience and knowledge, as well as also appointing a project manager. And the project manager appointed by the Church of England has taken a significant um, part in moving that forward. So we would hope by the end of autumn, safe spaces will be in place. Within the report, there's substantial feedback from Survivors Advisory Group, and I'll leave you to, to read that in, in its whole context. I've just touched on the value it's brought, not just at a national level in terms of England and Wales, but they've been very involved with recently with the Bishops' Conference, as well as previously in the last year or so with the Pontifical Commission in terms of speaking to them about the experiences of survivors and victims for themselves and for others, and helping to shape and give a better understanding of why it is survivors and victims need to be part of safeguarding. This is not about us doing for and to people, it's about working alongside people. And that's what the survivors panel has, has done, and has certainly had considerable engagement with the Pontifical Commission to the extent that in the last year two similar survivors advisory panels have been set up, one in Brazil and one in the Philippines. So it does show the engagement of survivors and victims can actually help others to engage across the world in terms of safeguarding. So I'll pass on to Colette. Really just to build on what Chris is saying, I think I'd, the thing I'd like to emphasise is the commitment to continual improvement and the Bishops' Conference and religious leaders this year, um, well, last year, made the commitment to an independent review of safeguarding structures and arrangements. And that, to me, demonstrates the, the commitment to continually improving, reviewing, not saying we've arrived at safeguarding um, and here we are, but actually saying we need to keep, you know, keep changing and evolving uh, to improve outcomes for victims and survivors and to ensure that we um, are preventative in action throughout the church. 
and that will be a significant um, piece of work in the year ahead. Other than that, we, we continue with our usual cycle of work, ensuring that policy and procedure is maintained, updated in line with legis legislation and best practice and quality assurance work to ensure that people are um, fulfilling the national uh, standards and policies and procedures. And um, really trying to bring the whole Catholic community along as far as we're able in safeguarding. There are many organisations working in the name of the Catholic Church and it's trying to extend reach to ensure that they have access to sound safeguarding advice and are working in the best interests of uh, the public that they're ministering to. And I suppose really the um, last point is you know, the independent inquiry, and that's last but not least, so it's not... <laughs> you know, the church is committed to being open and transparent um, and to learning from the findings of the inquiry. And as you're, you'll be aware, there, there have been significant reports during the past year in relation to the case studies and we've been working through those recommendations and the learning from those to ensure that we keep things moving forward and positively.